One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. From in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice and with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my saviour. Through my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in the straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes or for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Psalm 24 verses 4 to 14. Thanks, Lily. Um, I kind of wish I was preaching that. It's an amazing scripture uh, this morning. But we have the privilege of having two uh, people preaching this morning. Uh, First up, we've got Grace. So why don't you give a a proper Philly welcome to Grace, everyone. Come and join us. Hello everyone. Uh, I'm Grace. I'm in my fifth year of being a student here, so quite old as long as students go. Um, I'm one of two people talking about hunger this morning, and I'm going to be sharing some anecdotes or um, metaphors. And so I thought I'd give you three facts that might explain why God speaks to me this way. So one, uh, I'm a bit of a nerd, well, a big nerd. Um, I'm a bit of an oversharer as well, been described as emotionally incontinent in the past, um, and a medical student, so um, analogies to the human body make sense to me, but if they don't to you, I'm sorry, hopefully, they're not too complicated, don't worry. Um, so when I looked up the definition of hunger, there were two, one for the noun of hunger and one for the verb, see the nerd part. Um, the noun hunger, so the thing that hunger is, is a feeling of discomfort or weakness from lack of food. And this really resonates with me physically and spiritually. So physically, here's the oversharing bit. Um, I get low blood sugar, so can feel quite shaky, weak, faint. And I quite rarely feel the sensation of hunger. Like I don't get a rumbly tummy or have much of an appetite. It's just from that feeling of discomfort that I need to eat food. And that's how I used to live my spiritual life, to be honest. So turning up at church, sometimes praying in the morning, but not committing to feeling God unless I really felt like I should or felt quite weak. Um, and my friends have seen this where I'm suddenly so desperate to interact with God, I have to like drive to the peaks and turn my phone off or I physically run out of a study session before just to pray. And God doesn't want us to live our lives like this. Getting that low is quite dangerous for us. And then we tend to gorge on something, whether that's a Sunday morning or a long prayer session or a a conference. And then we try and live off that high before crashing again. And this is something I do spiritually as well as physically happens to me. 
but I decided to change this so that I prevent these peaks and troughs by praying or interacting with God every day, even if I don't feel hungry. And that's completely changed my spiritual life. And people have seen this as well. So I hear a lot more prophetically and incredible things have happened, like my best friend coming back to church. And people have asked what I'm doing to hear like this. And it is as simple as interacting with God every single day. And sometimes that isn't like hours of praying every single day. Sometimes that's the equivalent of like a ready meal or a quick snack. But feeding off God, even if you don't feel hungry, is really important to maintain your spiritual diet. And that's in the verse that Lily read to us, that he wants to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. That isn't go on a trip to the house of the Lord and everything's exciting all the time. That's quite a... Um, mundane routine thing living somewhere all the time and so we need to have a routine to our spiritual life and eat every day and it also talks about the only thing he wanting to be to look on the beauty of the Lord and I think sometimes we feel hungry because we want a specific thing from God like we want that miracle or we want a feeling in worship But if we just pursue the beauty of God and he gets to choose how he reveals himself, we then can't be hungry. Because even if you don't feel anything in worship, you know that you have worshipped the king and that you've been fit. So the second part is the verb of hunger. So the action or being or doing word. Um, And that means to have a strong desire or craving. And that's in the verse as well, where it says, this only do I seek, this I desire. These are both quite strong words that evoke like a feeling of desperation for the spirit of God and there is one prophetic word and experience that kind of sums up this feeling to me I talk about this quite a lot so sorry if you've heard this before but a few years ago in a student meeting there was a prophecy about Aslan that came from a few students at the same time so Hannah had drawn a picture that she didn't know what it meant and I had some words from a few days before that didn't know what they went with and another student had the exact same thing in their head And God was reminding us of the scene in the Chronicles of Narnia where the children meet the beavers and the beavers are explaining um, what's happening in Narnia. And they go, oh, haven't you heard? Don't, Don't you know that Aslan's on the move? And you can sense that excitement and desperation and like the hunger for how God's moving. So it's the picture itself, but also the feeling in the room that night of students. We were a group of people not really knowing what God was saying, but we went for it anyway and as a community we built an excitement and hunger for what God was doing and as British people I think we're terrible about bragging and what God's doing because it's seen as bragging about ourselves like it was very odd for me to say I've been hearing more accurately what God's saying people are asking me what I'm doing because it feels like a brag but in reality that's very impressive that God is deciding to use me that is very impressive Um, So we need to be boasting in what God is doing in our lives in order to build this hunger. Like if you have an incredible meal, I certainly do this. I'm like, oh, I had this. You tell everybody about where you went or offer them a recipe, offer to make it with them. And you don't just limit that to your foodie friends either. I tell everybody if I've had like a good cake. And it's seen in the prophecy as well. The beavers are telling the kids about Aslan and they don't even know what Narnia is, let alone who this Aslan person is. But we need to be telling people and challenging each other to talk about what God's doing if we want to create that feeling of hunger. So I'm going to do a bit of how, tell you a bit about how God's moving in my life or how I've seen it, him moving. So have you heard 
that people once hurt by the church have seen, said they see what love truly looks like in our community at Philly? Have you heard that tens of young people are falling in love with Jesus at Forge? Have you heard that miracles are happening? Um, I wasn't going to tell you this, but it seems relevant to this morning. My dad has a chronic disease and has done for as long as I can remember, so well over a decade. And he's that person that's been waiting. And it can't count the number of times he's been prayed for. And recently, at routine doctor's appointment, he was told he didn't need one of his medications anymore. Like, miracles are happening. Have you heard that students from Philly look after people on nights out and statistically less people are thrown out of that night out and less people are assaulted? Have you heard that our God is on the move? Do you know, have you heard that an all-powerful God is desperate to be intimate with you? The creator of the universe wants to speak to us and wants to use us to show his love in his community. So overall, I think there are two types of hunger that God wants to remind us of this morning. Either you might experience that thing of hunger, like that crash, and God's encouraging you to eat consistently, even if you're not hungry. Or there are people here that really want that action of being hungry, in which case I challenge you to ask people, have you tried this? Have you heard? Or ask them to tell you about what they're eating because our God truly is on the move, and there's a lot for us to feed on if we're hungry for it. Thank you, Grace. That was, that was amazing. Uh, let's just take 30 seconds of, of quiet just to ask Holy Spirit, is there anything that he wants to um, leave with us from what Grace has said? So now we've got Rachel. Can we have a round of applause? Hello, everyone. It's great to be here today um, and a real privilege. So thank you for inviting me and thank you for having me here. And uh, Grace, I love the pinnacle dress. It was definitely a good look for today, everyone. Um, yes. So... Um, Psalm 27, how awesome is that? Really speaks about David's relationship with God. He was really privileged because not many people had the Spirit come on them in the Old Testament. Not many people lived with the Holy Spirit in their heart, but David, he was one of them. And Jesus, when he died on the cross and he ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit for every single one of us so that we could be intimate with the Father, so that we could have relationship with the Father, so that we could know Jesus. And that is such a privilege, isn't it? Isn't that amazing? And um, I just want to share a story of my relationship and my walk with Lord and how he took me to a place of greater intimacy, of, um, of deeper love, 
and a greater understanding of who he was. So I was quite a baby Christian. I've been about two years old in Christian years. And um, I was all fired up and I wanted to do something exciting. And the year before, I was a student at Sheffield, and the year before they'd done this like street reach thing in Sheffield. And I thought, oh, that sounds cool. I'll get involved in it this year. So I said, oh, I'm going to get involved with that street reach thing. And then it didn't happen in Sheffield. It happened in Northern Ireland. And I hadn't really anticipated that or expected that. So me with no one I knew, a bunch of guys from Sheffield, um, went on a train and then a bus and then a plane and we landed in Northern Ireland in Belfast. And I had no idea really what I was doing there, but suddenly I was in charge of 10 teenagers and we were going to clean the streets and we were going to dig up gardens and we were going to paint things and we were going to get really messy and we were going to do this for Jesus and I was leading them. Whoop! <laughs> and it was really hard because they didn't really want to do any of those things. And they preferred to stay in the little um, community centre that we were given, drinking tea and biscuits. And it was a really, really hard week where I didn't really know anyone, and I was getting to know the guys from Sheffield, and my team weren't really coming together. And by the end of it, I was really thankful that I was going to be going home soon. Anyway, that night, everyone was having a big party, We'd been staying on this showground, and us Sheffield guys, we'd been given some stables to sleep in, and they were cold. <laughs> and um, that night, my mum rang me, and she said, Rachel, I've got some really bad news. And I said, no, what's wrong, mum? And she said, I've been diagnosed with breast cancer. And I went, oh, I didn't know what to do. I was, like, so shocked that my mum could have breast cancer because my dad already has MS and he's already in a wheelchair and life is pretty hard for my mum. And I just, I couldn't really believe it. So I took myself away and I was in this massive hall and there were people playing games and, and I put my head down and I was like, why God? I don't understand why. Why would you do this? And as I sat there, Feeling overwhelmed, the Holy Spirit came and spoke to me. He said, it's not the right question. Don't ask me why. Choose me right now. Choose to chase after me. And so I just, I was like, I, I just sat there and I was like, I've got this choice. I can blame God and I can be angry and I can ask the why question. And I will get nowhere or I can pursue Jesus. So I went back to the stable there was one guy there, and he, uh, he listened to me really briefly and prayed for me, and then he disappeared, which was probably the best thing, actually. And I sat there, and I had this um, book, and it had um, and my Bible, and it was like a Bible study book, and, and one of the sections was on fear. And I recognized in my heart that I was so scared. I was scared that I would lose my mom. And I was not scared just for me. I was scared for my mom and my dad, but I, it, but I was really selfish in it. There was this real selfish fear that, what was I going to do? What if I had to become his main carer? What if I lost my mom, who, to be honest, was my total rock and stronghold, and she was always there, and the most proficient woman ever, 
And, um, and I just really read this book and I prayed and it just, it said these things. It said, do not be afraid. It said, the Lord commands us 365 times in the Bible not to be afraid. That's one for every day of the year. And then he said, um, then it went on to talk about Philippians uh, 4 verse 6 where it says, do not worry about anything but everything with prayer and thanksgiving. Present your requests to God and let the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. And I read that and I just thought, I'm going to choose you, Jesus, and I went to sleep. And the next morning I woke up and we went off to our various churches across the city and I reread that verse in the scripture and I, it just, it was memorized. It was like concreted on my heart and I'm rubbish at memorizing verses, but that one was so real and so true to me and I stood on it. And later on that day, as we were getting ready um, to go off with some, some Irish guys to explore the Irish countryside, I remember saying in my heart, Lord, I choose you. I choose to trust you even if my mom dies, I'm going to give her to you. I'm going to surrender this entire situation to you. And I'm going to give you control. And um, in that moment, I felt God's peace. And this peace began to pour into me. And, um, and it, was, it was amazing. So that by the time we reached Giant's Causeway... I was completely full of peace, and I had no fear whatsoever. In fact, I actually believed I was invincible. I got out of the car, and I could not stop running. And the joy of the Holy Spirit just overwhelmed me. And I think everyone in our party thought I was nuts. But I couldn't stop running, and my flip-flops, they broke. So then I just had to run in bare feet. Like, he was just so good. And his presence and his intimacy and his love was so empowering. And I knew, I knew I could trust in him. No matter what, he would get us all through. And, um, and, and it was beautiful. And the end of that story is that my mom did have to have an operation. And she had to go through the works. But the community really stepped up. They really supported her, and she felt so loved. And she's now 13 years, 14 years free of cancer. God was really faithful. But I knew that even if he called her home, he would still be faithful to us that he'd left behind. So, um, so what my reflection is, is that when we surrender our lives to God... When we choose to give him control, he comes in great power and love and peace and intimacy. Um, I love the phrase intimacy comes, um, comes with commitment. And, um, and I think when we really commit our lives to God, when we give him everything, all the good stuff, but all the bad stuff, all the brokenness, all the pain, he brings his love. When Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't just for our sins. That was really important. 
And it wasn't just for us to have eternal life, which is amazing. It was for our healing. It was for our freedom. It was for our joy. He has so much for us. The cross has accomplished everything. And, and he calls us to come and to give, to give ourselves to him. In a laid out, sacrificial, you can have it all way. And that is hard. I know that is hard. There is stuff that has happened to us in our lives that hurts and it is really hard. But Jesus is love. And he wants to pour his unconditional, beautiful, incredible love into your life. So... Um, if you are here for the first time or you don't know Jesus and you want to get to know the most incredible, loving God who will change your life and flip it upside down, we would love to pray for you. Or if you've come this morning and there's something on your mind or on your heart that you want to give to Jesus, and you want to receive his love, we'd love to pray for you for that. But I also feel like there's people here who've had stuff going on for quite a while, and they've gone for prayer, and it's still going on, and it hurts, and it's really hard, and they feel like they haven't seen breakthrough. And I feel like Jesus says there is a key. He stands at the door and knocks and you have the keys in your hand on the other side, and you can open it. But he wants to tell you which key you need. For me, it was fear. I needed to relinquish fear and receive his love. But for you, it could be something different. And if that is you today, we want to come, you want to come forward. And we want to pray for you so that you, we will hear what that key is to release that freedom for you. Because God so loves you each and every one of you, and he wants to draw really close. Thank you. Josh. Could we um, just get that slide up, Louise? Thank you. Um, we're going to use these, these questions uh, to respond, and we would... We would like to um, have this space at the front to, to respond to God. Not that you can't in your seat, but just as an act of faith to step out. And we'd also love to pray for you. So if you um, want to look at these questions and just ask, which one is God stirring um, in my heart today? Maybe you want to know about Jesus for the first time. Just come. We'd love to share with you. Maybe... Um, You've been stirred to have a different kind of meal with God. Just come. Just come and receive. Come and eat um, with the king this morning. Maybe there's something that you need God to shift or change in your life. You've just heard from Rachel and it's just stirred something inside of you. So 
We're going to stand and sing, but we'd love to invite you to come. So as we sing, why don't you come to the front if you'd like prayer. We'll just um, uh, let's stand together and we're going to worship. But if you'd like to respond to this and you'd love prayer, just come now. Come to the front.